We're glad to be sharing the ministry of Redemption Church with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. Redemption Church, everyone. How are you? Welcome to Redemption Church, where we never have technical difficulties. We're just so good at all this. Thank you to our tech team. I, I would be in trouble without you. Welcome back to Redemption Church in Plano, Texas. My name is Chris Fluitt. I'm glad to share the gospel of Jesus with you today. We exist for four reasons. To love, to grow, to serve, and to go. All right, we are in our series, and it's called Long Story Short. Basic overview of that, of that idea is that the Bible is not a small book. It's a big book. It, it's a book of a lot of stories, but really, it, you put it all together, it's one big story, and it's hard to, I mean, it is harder to get through that sometimes than it is to, like, get through, like, war and peace sometimes. It is hard to get through your Bible and to understand it, and how does this all work together? And so we're trying to simplify all of that for you. In week one, we talked about creation and how sin messed it all up. In week two, we talked about two brothers. They were named Cain and Abel, and how blood is necessary to cover sin. There is a common thread that runs through your Bible. Do you know what it is? Or better yet, do you know who it is? It's our scripture memory for this, this month. Very good, kids. John chapter 5, verse 39. It says, you studied the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me. Somebody say, hashtag, long story short. Somebody say, all about Jesus. That's what this story is. If you want to know, spoiler alert, every sermon comes down to this. It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. As you read your Bible, you need to figure out how is this about Jesus. Sometimes it's revealing Jesus to you prophetically. That means in the begin, like many years before Jesus would come to earth, it's talking about how he will come to earth. And sometimes it's teaching about Jesus in dark ways. Because sometimes people aren't following God. And it's showing us what life looks like when we don't follow God. But it all comes down to God. It comes down to Jesus. That's what the whole long story short, is about. So, today we're going to jump right into Genesis chapter 6 is where we're going to be going. If you are a kid, I want to make sure that you have sermon notes. I love to reward kids that are taking notes during their sermon. If there's a kid taking a note, somebody say, yeah. Yeah. 
Kids, I want to hear you say yeah. Y'all are not thrilling me. I want I want to thrill your pastor for a second. Say yeah, kids. I'm getting my pen. All right. That's what I heard. I'm getting my pen. Well, I tried. Kids. Nine. Everybody say nine. Nine. Nine generations after Adam and Eve. Nine. One plus nine is ten. So ten generations in total. But you had Adam. And you go nine generations from Adam. And that's where our story opens up. And the world is messed up. Somebody say messed up world. Messed up world. This is nine generations removed from Eden. Was Eden a beautiful place? Yes. Was Eden a perfect place? Yes. Was Eden a pleasant place? Yes. Was there any starvation in Eden? No. Were there any funerals in Eden? No. no, none of those things existed. There was just joy and happiness and relationship with each other and with God. It was a great place. Nine generations from that, the world is messed up. How messed up? Well, the Bible tells us. Genesis chapter 6 verse 5. The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth. And that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. So how bad did the world get? It got so bad that God looks down and says... All these people think about is doing evil. Their thoughts are all about doing evil. They're actually trying to figure out ways to be more evil. It's getting worse and worse and worse. Things don't necessarily get better in life. You listen to me. Everybody will give you a really good pep talk about, well, things will always get better. If you don't have God... I got news for you. Things don't always get better. Things can get worse. And the world was getting worse. What started with a single sin when they ate of that fruit, that sin of disobedience, had now grown to take over the entire world. Sin is bad. And sin messed up this world. Remember how God created the world and said it was good? Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Genesis 6, and now verse 6. Genesis chapter 6, verse 6 says this, The Lord regretted. The Lord regretted. Do you know what it means to regret? I wish I hadn't have done that. That's what it means to regret. When you get in trouble with your mom and dad, you're like, oh, why did I do that? Or why wasn't I clever about doing that? Uh-huh. Right? I regret getting caught sometimes. That's the truth, right? The Lord saw, the Lord now regretted that he had made human beings on the earth. And his heart was deeply troubled. Did you know God's heart could be troubled? Sin troubles God's heart. Verse 7, so the Lord said, I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race I have created and with them the animals, the birds, and the creatures that move along the ground. For I regret that I have made them. Somebody say, no regrets. No regrets. No regrets. This thing on the internet, people got a tattoo, they meant it to say, no regrets. But it said, no regrets. 
God regretted the creation of the earth. Somebody say, no regrets. No Did you know that God could have regrets? He could have regrets. Did you know that? That's news to a lot of people. God can regret His decisions. Yeah. God can regret what we do. God can regret what He gives us. God regretted making humanity. But God still loved humanity and wanted to save humanity. That's the good news. God regretted making humanity, but God still wanted to save humanity. So God looked for someone He could use. Now pause. Before we go to this verse, listen to me. God is looking for someone He can use. Is that you, kids? Is that you, mom and dad? Is that you, Redemption Church? You that came to church today? You that are watching online? Is that you? I'm telling you, God is looking for someone that He can use to help save this world. Let's look at the verse. Genesis 6 and 8. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Somebody say, say favor. Favor. Favor, this is the first understanding of the word grace. It's the first understanding of the word grace. In fact, grace means having favor with God. It means receiving a good gift from God that you didn't deserve. I'll make sure you understand this. Grace is, we sing about amazing grace today. Grace is receiving a good gift that you don't deserve from God. And so Noah finds grace. He finds favor with God. In other words, Noah's a sinner just like everybody else. Everybody on the human, everybody on the face of the earth was sinners. But God looked at him and said, that's still somebody I can use. I'm going to give him a gift that he doesn't deserve. That is called grace. That's called grace. Favor. In the middle of a messed up world, God still has grace. In the middle of a messed up world, God still has love. In the middle of a messed up world, God still has patience. When we are messed up and sinful, God still has grace. And so God speaks to Noah, verse 14. So make yourself an ark of cypress wood. It says, or some some translations. Gopher wood. Alright. Gopher wood. Do you know how, how they named gopher wood? Do you know how they named gopher? Well, Noah told his sons, hey, gopher wood. I really thought that would do better on Father's Day. <laughs> gopher wood or cypress wood. Say this sentence with me. Pop it up on the screen. One plan to save the world. A graceful God looks up at a messed up world with messed up people on it. Does that still describe the world? Yeah. Yeah. We're still a messed up world. We're still a messed up people. But God looks upon it and finds one man and gives him one plan to save the world. There's only one plan to save the world. Do you understand that? God doesn't just talk to a whole bunch of people and each give them a different plan. Nor in this case does he talk to a bunch of people and all give them one plan. He gave the plan to one person. One plan, one man to save the world. God tells Noah, 
to build an ark. And God tells Noah how to build it. God tells Noah to bring his family. And God tells Noah that he will bring animals to it. And this is the one and only plan. Verse 17. I'm going to bring floodwaters on the earth to destroy all life under the heavens. Every creature that has the breath of life in it. Everything on earth will perish. Now wait a second. Because that sounds bad. Has anybody got this as their life verse? Anybody got this as their life verse here? Anybody got this in their, on, the, on, a, on a nice painting in their living room? Where they sip coffee and they look up there and go, Oh yes, there it is. Everything on earth will perish. And they feel real co- No, this is a dark verse, right? Yes. There aren't too many worship songs about this one. Everything on earth will perish. Like, like no, we didn't sing that today, right? right? What is going on here? I got a question for you. How is this grace? How is this grace? Grace is receiving a good gift that you didn't deserve. But this looks like they're getting not a good gift... But they're getting something bad. Something like punishment. Something like judgment. I want to talk to you about two words very quickly. Judgment and grace. Grace, we've tried to tell you. I want kids, repeat after me. What is grace? Give me a definition. Receiving. Say it. Receiving. Receiving something you don't deserve. Very good. Thank you. Receiving something you don't deserve. Receiving a good gift that you don't deserve. That is grace. Grace and judgment are two different things. Right? Judgment is actually you receiving something you do deserve. Go to your room, young man. Well, you got me there. I did deserve that. I'm going to my room. Right? When your parents... Hey, kids, it's Father's Day. When your father punishes you, when your mom punishes you, it's for your own good. It's actually usually... It's very much something that you did deserve. They told you one too many times that you needed to do something. You didn't do it. And so now you get a judgment. You get a punishment. These are the two things that we're, we're talking... Somebody said a grounding. Yeah, we know about a ground. Wait, somebody say, yeah, if you know about grounding... Yeah, we know about it. Judgment and grace. They are not the same thing. And so verse 17 of Genesis 6 where it says everything on earth will perish. That is grace or what? Judgment. It's judgment. Very good. I want to tell you that judgment and grace can exist at the same time even though they are different things. Judgment and grace can exist in the same story at the same time. Judgment was the flood that was to come. The flood was to wash away the sin of the earth. That growing sin where everybody's thoughts and ideas were to be sinful, to do damage to one another, to be hateful to one another, to harm one another. Judgment came to wash all of that away. And grace, at the same time judgment was coming, grace was present and grace was a single plan to escape destruction. Grace was a single plan to escape destruction. God is a graceful judge. Judgment is still coming. Doing bad still gets you in trouble. But God 
also offers an escape plan from judgment. Sin will be judged. Grace provides a plan for salvation. What is the plan for salvation in the Noah story? Can anybody say it like in one word? There's a plan for salvation in the Noah story. It's to build an ark. Somebody say ark. That is the plan for salvation. God tells Noah to build an ark. And then God gave Noah specific instructions on how to build it. I mean like he tells him the size of the ark. He tells him the materials of the ark. He tells them how many animals would be allowed on the ark. God decides that. There would be a roof, God says. There would be three decks and three levels upon the ship. And there would be one door. Somebody say one door. One door. Are God's instructions important? Yes. Yeah. Is it okay to alter God's instructions? No. Well, you know, God, I just really wanted a pool on the ark. So I, I just took out some time and I, I'm going to build a pool on the park so we can have a nice little veranda, a little place to hang out on the ark. Would it have been okay to alter God's plan here? No. no. You know what, God? I decided I should charge admission. I could make so much money if we just charged admission to the ark. Would that be okay to change God's plan right there? Yeah. I God, I decided, you know, I don't like my wife, so I'm not going to let her on the ark. Is that okay? God, I decided I'm only going to let the animals I like on the ark. I'm having a tough time with that one because no spiders would begin on that ark. But would it have been okay to alter God's plan? No. No. God's plan is important. Listen, God gives you His instructions and His instructions are grace. His instructions are a way to escape judgment, punishment. And when He gives you those instructions, you should Follow them. God gave Noah instructions on how to save himself. Is that important? Yes. How to save his family. Is that important? Yes. How to save all of mankind. Is that important? Yes. How to save all the animals. Is that important? Yeah. God did all of that right here in this story. If, if it is that important, it would not be wise to change God's plan. How do we know, kids, kids, how do we know God's plan? Somebody tell me, how do we know God's plan? Adults, do y'all know? How do we know God's plan? Somebody talk to a pastor today. The Bible reveals God's plan. Can y'all say that out loud? The Bible reveals God's plan. That's why you need to read the Bible. That's why you need to read the Word. That's why you need to go to Sunday school. That's why we need to sing these songs. That's why we need to come together as a church because God has a plan. We need to know it and this is how God reveals it through His Word. If you want to know God's plan, you should read your Bible. Right? That's everybody in here. If you have trouble still understanding God's plan, read it together with someone else. Ask questions. All right. Do not try to alter God's plan. Obey God's command. Now listen, there are some verses in your Bible that kind of hit close to home and we kind of like, maybe I won't pay attention to that verse. Let's turn the page and let's read about something else. (laughs) Don't do it. Read all of that Bible and try your best to follow 
that plan. Because his plan is grace. His plan is to save you from a flood. To save you from punishment. To save you from judgment. That's a gift you don't deserve. Somebody remind me what's that called? It's called grace. God's word tells us to pray. Do we pray? That's God's plan for us. God's word tells us to worship. Do we worship? That's God's plan for us. God tells us to love. Not just love him. To love others. To love yourself. And not just love just people that are nice to you. But to actually love your enemies. That's God's plan. Are we supposed to do that? Yes. yes, we're supposed to do it. God's word tells us to forgive. That's part of his plan. God's word tells us to live in community. You should have friends that know Jesus. You should live with them. Your other friends that don't know Jesus, you should share Jesus with them and bring Jesus into that community. That's his plan. To tell others about Jesus is also part of his plan. We could spend the rest of tonight just talking about the things that are in your Bible that we're supposed to be doing. But the bottom line is this. We got to know it. We got to read it. We got to obey the plan of God because it is that gift that we don't deserve. It is the one plan to save the world. Do you know God's plan? Are you obeying God's plan? Or are you altering God's plan? Can I just take one moment and say happy Father's Day? Can we clap for our fathers in the room? On this Father's Day, I want to hold up Noah as a father who received God's plan, obeyed God's plan, and because he did that, saved his family. It's a great example to us on Father's Day. Moms and dads, ultimately it's up to us to reveal to our kids how important God's word is. Ultimately it's up to us to show our kids how important worship is. You know how you show kids how important worship is? You don't give them a lecture on worship. Instead, you worship. How do you teach your kids that prayer is important? Do you, do you give them a book on prayer? Say, read this, kid. No, you pray. Yeah. And you pray with them. How do, you, how do you teach your kids the importance of love and forgiveness? You do it. Oh, well, we'll just, be, we'll just preach to Chris Fluid here. Here it is. I, Chris Fluid, how do you... <laughs> How do you teach your kids the importance of patience? Uh, Moving on. All right. Right? We display it. We live it. We love. And love is patient. That's how we do it. That's how we do it. Oh, let's, let's be people that live out this plan of God. Can we clap our hands for the plan of God? So Noah was told to build the ark. Noah built the ark, and the ark had one door. Everybody say one door. door. There was only one way into the ark. Only one way. And the animals came. Noah did not bring them, but God brought them, them. and they entered the ark. Now i got a question. How did they enter the ark? What? Y'all with me? How did they enter the ark? It's, not, it's really not a hard question. Somebody guess for us. Through the door. 
Through the door. Through the one door. Right? Alright. So they entered through the one door. And Noah brings his family and the door and they, they go into the ark. How did they go into the door? Out to the ark. So how could they do that? Because the door was open. It's really, really big Bible stuff here. Big theological deep. Our next series is all about the door was open. Listen, he built an ark with an open door. He did not build an ark with a closed door. With a lock and key. God wants an ark with a door that's wide open. God wants a church with doors that are wide open. God wants people with hearts that are wide open. God wants people with community that is wide open. God likes wide open doors. The door was open. Say the door was open. Let's just think about this. Who can go through an open door? Anybody. Y'all are so smart. That's it. That's what I wrote here. Anybody. Very good. Anybody can go through an open door. Whoever chooses can go through an open door. A flood of judgment was coming, right? It was going to come. But there was an open door for anyone who wanted to be saved from that flood. The door was open. Anybody could have come through that door to be saved. Noah built the ark. It would have been impossible to see that this ark was being built. It would have been possible not to see it, right? It's kind of big, right? God, he's building this ark. It would have been possible to see this ark and not at least wonder, hey, what's Noah doing over there? Somebody, somebody would have gone at least, hey, Noah, what you doing over there? What you building over here? It's like, I'm building an ark, right? This is, at least you would ask what's going on, right? And how long do you think it took to build that ark? Just think about that for a moment. How long do you think? Two years. Two years. That's forever, right? Two years. Maybe that's a, that's a guess, right? Maybe five years. Maybe a month, right? Think about this. How long did it take to build the ark? Well, the Bible gives us some clues on it, but not an exact time. And most people that are studying this, they're, they're kind of wide apart. But here's what they say. They say that it took between 55 years... And 120 years to build the ark. <laughs> How long did it take him to build the ark? Between 55 and 120 years. In other words, it wasn't like I was, I was just not paying attention over the weekend and somebody built an ark and then there was a flood and I didn't know about it. Everybody knew about this ark. They saw it being built. They knew it was being built. And it wasn't being built for a little time. It was being built for a long time. And pro- in fact, people probably snickered and joked about it. Oh, that guy, st- he's been building that ark for 25 years now. They might, uh, they might joke about that. I want to tell you that in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 5, it says that Noah was a preacher of righteousness. So now let's add this to the thing. He, he builds it. They see it. There is calendar years and decades of time that they are able to go in this ark. And then add this. Noah, as he's building it, also preached about righteousness and judgment and this ark. 
He preached to people. He told them that there was a way to escape. God had provided a way of escape. It was this ark. Noah actively preached about the coming flood and the judgment of a righteous God as he built the ark. And the whole time, the door was open. Until the day God shut the door. Everybody say, shut the door. The door was open, but there came a moment where God decided it was time to close the door. Genesis 7.16 tells us this. It says, the Lord shut him in. Genesis 7 and 16. The Lord shut him in. And the rain started. And people actually didn't know what rain was. In this story, they had never experienced rain before. They received water through the earth, through deep pockets of water in the earth. We still have deep pockets of water in the earth. That's not new for us. Water started to drip. And they're like, what in the, what in the world is this? And then their mind raced. They went, oh my goodness. This is that thing crazy Noah was talking about. Oh my gosh. Come on. We got to run. And they're running. They're running as the rain's falling. They run. They get to the ark. They're like, oh, thank goodness it's still here. But then they run up some ramp. However they got to it. They got to that door. But the door had been closed. And no one was able to open this door. See, God creates doors that only He can open and only He can close. And they are at that door and they want in. But now it is too late. The door is closed. You know who can go through a closed door? Really nobody. Oh, Jesus. Jesus walks through walls. Very good. Always Jesus is the answer. You have to have a key to go through that door. Or you have to have somebody on the inside open it. Nobody could open this door. The Lord had shut it. When God decided to close the door... Only those people and animals on the ark could now be saved from the flood. Oh, did God kill all those people? That didn't know? Let's just talk about this. So did... Why were those people dying on the outside? Obviously they're dying, they're drowning. Right? But the reason, I want, I want you to understand, the reason they're dying is because they didn't go through the door when they had the chance and the opportunity to go through the door. Do you understand that? This is one of those stories, when, when you read this story, this is really hard because there's animals that die in this flood. There's people that die in this flood. And it's really easy to look at it and go, well, God, why did you do this? But when you do that, you also have to take into account that God had provided a way of escape and had provided an open door, had provided a person to preach that message, and it stood there and waited for them for so long. This is an important part of this story. It matters when you make your decision. Do not make your decision after the door is closed. Make your decision while the door is open and walk through the door. Somebody say grace and judgment. Grace and judgment. 
Grace and judgment are present in the story. There is a time for open door grace and there is a time for closed door judgment. When the door is closed, those on the inside were thankful. Because they're on the inside. It's raining on the outside, but they're on the inside. They went through the open door. When that door closed, they are so thankful that they went through that door. They are thanking Noah. Noah, thank you for building this ark and following God's commands. And thank you for bringing us on this ark with you. They're thankful. They're thankful. Kids, are you thankful that your parents bring you to church? Are you thankful that your parents are teaching you about God's grace and God's goodness and bringing you through the open door of Jesus? Now listen. Because when the door closed, the people on the inside were thankful. But when the door closed, the people on the outside were fearful. And they were hopeless. Fearful and hopeless. And now, let's talk about both people. The people on the inside and the people on the outside, both were regretful. Yes. How are they regretful? Because the people on the outside said, I should have listened. I should have listened. I should have listened. And the people on the inside were regretful because... I should have told more people. Yes. I should have told more people. My best friend should be here with me. My neighbor should be here with me. And so yes. there, is a, there is a time when God closes the door and you're either going to be thankful or hopeless, but you might be regretful that you didn't do more with your time to share the plan The one plan to save the world. So now the flood has started and it rains for 40 days. 40 days and 150 days the water flooded the earth according to Genesis 8.3. And then the ark, as the water starts to recede, the ark rests on top of a mountain. And the name of that mountain is Mount Ararat. And as the waters dried up, Noah sent out two birds. Somebody say two birds. And he sends out these these birds to see if uh, they can find some place to land. If they can find some place to land, that'll let him know maybe it's safe to go out of the ark. Noah first releases a bird, and it's a raven. It's a big black bird. The raven never returned, but it kept wandering, the Bible said. Reminds us of Cain, a person of sin, who, because of sin, wandered that symbolic of sin that's symbolic of wandering the raven wandered. And then Noah releases a dove. Everybody say dove. And it says that the, it found no place on earth so it returned. And so it, he released the dove, it comes back. The raven never came back. The dove returns and so Noah waits I believe seven more days. He releases the dove again and this time it returns. It has something in its beak. Does anybody remember what it has in its beak? It has a stuffed crust pizza from Little Caesars. It was amazing. An olive branch. Let's hear it for Laser. Had an olive branch in its beak. Very good. 
That's right, Olive Branch. I get Olive Branch and stuffed crust pizza confused. The dove symbolizes the Holy Spirit of God. And it symbolizes peace, the olive branch does. And so in the middle of this, this really stressful time of being on this ark, God shows us a picture of peace and a picture of peace through the Holy Spirit. If you want peace in your life, you need to have the Holy Spirit in your life. Do you see that? That's right there in that story. Moving on. When Noah and his family finally leave the ark, they do one thing first. What is it do you think they do first? They, they go, where is the bathroom? We've been holding it for no. 40 days. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, where did they, what, what is the first thing? Kids, what do you think? If God has rescued them through a flood... What is the first thing they might do? Very good. They gave God a sacrifice. In other words, they worshipped God. They worshipped God. That's the first thing they did. The first thing we should do when we're going through trouble and God sees us through it is we should worship God. I tell you what, I love to worship God on Sunday. You know why? Because He just saved me from another week. I just made it through another week. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody have a week? At one point you're like, I don't know about this week, God. I might not make it through this week. Some of you were in hospitals with loved ones this week. Some of you got things in the mail you didn't know, you didn't want to receive this week. But God brought you through it and now here you are on Sunday. It's a brand new week. You should worship God. God. So Noah and his family, they offer God a sacrifice to praise and to thank God. And then this appeared. What appeared? It was a rainbow. This is just a picture. This is not an actual picture of Noah and his family. It's an artist's representation. But they are worshiping God with the sacrifice. And there is a beautiful rainbow. Now, humanity had never seen the rainbow before. Because it had never rained before. But now God had displayed this rainbow. Imagine what they thought when they saw this rainbow. Well, this is new. Hey, what's that? That's really good. Right? That's beautiful. Anybody love rainbows? So bright, so vivid. Double rainbow across the sky. Actually, beautiful. They'd never seen that rainbow. So what is the purpose of that rainbow? Genesis 9 and 13 tells us. It tells us that it is a sign of the covenant. Somebody say sign of the covenant. Sign of the covenant. So what is a covenant? This is a big word, guys. If you don't know this word, this is a word you need to write down on your sermon notes. What is a covenant? Here's what a covenant is. A covenant is a promise. A covenant is an agreement. A covenant is a pledge. It's an alliance. There's a lot of ways to think about a covenant. But a covenant from God is an unbreakable promise. And God, when he gives a covenant, he also gives a visual sign of the covenant. And as you read through your Bible, you'll see this time and time again. Every time God gives a covenant, he also gives the sign of the covenant. And the rainbow is the sign of the covenant so that when we see the rainbow, we will remember the promise that God made to us to never flood the earth 
again. Every time we see that rainbow, reminded of God's promise. Long story short, what is this story supposed to teach us? Think about that. What is this story supposed to teach us? What is this about? What is the point of Noah and his ark? As we read these stories, we need to ask, what is God trying to show us? As you read the Bible, that's what you need to read. And if you ever don't understand it, that's good. That's okay. If you don't understand it, ask somebody. We'll talk about it, okay? We love to talk about it. Remember that Jesus said these stories testify about him. They tell us about him. It's all about Jesus. And this story is all about Jesus. Remember, there was one plan, one man to save the world. Does anybody remember that? I'm going to tell you that Jesus is that plan, and Jesus is that man, and Jesus is the ark. People were saved by getting on the ark. We are saved by coming to Jesus. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Jesus is the only way to be saved from judgment. Jesus is grace given to us, and he is the escape plan from judgment and punishment. Jesus is the open door of grace. In fact, Jesus himself says these words. He says, I am the door. Jesus is that door on the side of the ark. The ark had a door opening on its side. I want you to picture that. Big long boat. There it is. That is the width of it. And on its side is one opening. On the cross, I want to remind you. That Jesus was pierced in his side. And an opening was made in his side. And what poured out was blood and water. Just like anyone can come through an open door, Jesus is the open door. And he says, anyone can come. He says, come unto me all you who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. Real quick, this might be news to you. The flood, if Jesus is the ark, what's the flood? The flood is baptism. Baptism, do you know what baptism is? Baptism is when we bring somebody under the water and we bring them up and everybody rejoices that something happened. You're like, I don't know what that's all about. Let's explain it to you. Baptism is a type and shadow. It's an example of that flood. Jesus told us to preach the gospel and to baptize people in water. And 1 Peter 3.20 tells us that Noah and his family were saved through water. Wait, wait. It says that they were saved through water. That's what it says. And that this water symbolizes baptism that now saves us. So Peter's writing, he said, you remember Noah? Noah's story is all about Jesus and it's all about baptism. 
just like the flood washes away the sinful acts of the world, baptism into Jesus washes away our sins. I'm going to ask our worship team to come. At this moment, I want to ask you this. Have you been baptized? Kids, we got kids in here that have never been baptized. Have you been baptized? We have a text line, 469-467-8111. Adults, maybe you haven't been baptized. Maybe you've got, maybe you were baptized, but you have questions about it. Maybe I just said something that you're like, well, I didn't know about that. Can you tell me more? We would love to text us this number right here. Text us, say, I want to know more about baptism We'll contact you. We have Bible studies to give. We, we love that. We love to see people baptized. Redemption, is that true? Y'all back yeah. me up. We love to see people come to Jesus and be buried with Him in baptism. We celebrate it. We're hardcore about that. All right, we are big time. All right. Are you on the ark? As we, which we're drawn to a close. In a few moments, we're going to come talk to God. We're going to sing to God in this place. And we're going to invite you, if you have a special prayer need or just want to reach out to God to come forward and begin to pray to Him. Maybe ask us to pray for you. We'll do that. But I want to ask you this question. Are you on the ark? Are you on the ark? Jesus is the ark. He's the one plan to save the world. Are you in Jesus? Do you belong to Jesus? Do you love Jesus? Do you cry out to Jesus? Do you ask Jesus to wash away your sins? Do you ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins? When you're going through life, do you ever say, Jesus, can you please show me what to do? Because I don't know what to do. Is that you? Jesus is the ark. Are you on the ark? Do you belong to Jesus? Grace is the opportunity to belong to Jesus. And I got good news for you. Like those doors were open on the ark, the doors are open right now. You can come to Jesus. You can learn about Him. He can be your God and your Savior. He can absolutely save you from all of your sins. The doors are open. That's what grace is. But judgment still exists in the story. There will be a day when the doors are closed. Let's go there for a moment. If you were to pass away, if you were to sadly lose your life, that is a moment when the doors close. You cannot receive Jesus if you have already died. Does this make sense? Just like if the doors are closed on the, in our story on the ark, they could no longer enter in. There will come a time when the doors close. There will come a time when Jesus comes back to earth. And at that moment, the doors will be closed. You will have had to have made your decision. Yes. Judgment is going through life without Jesus. Grace is going through life with Jesus. Heaven is a place for those who enter into the open door of Jesus. And there is another place. Kids, can y'all tell me what's the other place? It's not heaven, but it is... Hell. Hell is that place for people that never choose to enter the door of Jesus Christ. Hell is a place for those who refuse the one plan to save the world. Are you on the ark? So there's two answers to that. 
There might be a third one. I don't know. Could be an answer, right? All right. I don't know. If it's I don't know, let's make it no today. Because you need to know more. You need to know that you know. If your answer to that is yes, yeah, somebody say yeah. Yeah. If your answer is yeah, you're on the ark, I'm going to ask you this one. Who do you know that's not on the ark? Have you told them? Are you going to pray tonight that they would join you on the ark? And are you going to be brave enough to be a preacher of righteousness like Noah and tell them about how Jesus has received you with open arms? Will you do that today? That's if you are, yes, I'm on the ark. Here's the other one, no. Somebody say no. No. If you know that you're not on the ark, I want to tell you what's keeping you today. Will you come through the ark? Will you come through that door that is Jesus today? I would gladly walk with you through that door today. You can walk through the door with Jesus today. If that's you, you have no reason not to walk through that door today. Don't worry about what anyone thinks. What, here's what everybody's going to think. If you walk through the door to Jesus today, people are going to be out of their minds excited and happy. People are going to rejoice with you. People are going to say, welcome. People are going to say, go, that is some good news right there. Nobody's going to look at you and go, what? They weren't through the door already? What's wrong with them? And if they are like that, I'll just say, hey, no stuffed crust pizza for you. These altars are open. They're going to sing here. I'm going to pray for everybody watching, listening online. Why don't we talk to God? Why don't we approach an open door that is Jesus? Come on, Redemption Church. Let's make a move towards God. Come on, let's make a move to Him. Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray right now that you would touch people's hearts. Lord, I pray, Lord, that people would walk through the open door that is Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray, Lord, that young people, Lord, I pray that adults, Lord, I pray that people that have not received Christ tonight would receive Him and that they would walk through that door that is Jesus. Thank you, God, for the opportunity to come to you. Thank you, God, for the plan to be saved. God, thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray pray right now that people would decide to walk through that door that people would decide to repent that people would decide to live for Jesus and to be baptized in Jesus name we ask you to move Lord we ask you to speak we ask all of this in the wonderful name of Jesus come on let's talk to God in this place come on let's talk to him people online he's right there he's waiting for you for more information about redemption look us up online at redemption-church.com we want to hear from you So be sure to connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or even our anonymous question text line at 214-856-0550. Thank you for joining us and have a blessed day.